Hello and welcome to the JCBC Podcast. We're so grateful that you found us. The JCBC Podcast is a collection of sermons that have been preached over the years at Johns Creek Baptist Church. Right now, we're in a new series. It's called How to Be Human. We hope if you're in town or close by, you'll stop in and join us 11 o'clock Sunday mornings. Until then, subscribe and follow along. Good morning. I am delighted that you have chosen to worship with us on this holiday weekend. Now I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to two different places today. We're going to start out in John chapter 12, and we'll be reading verses 1 through 3, and then we're going to pick up that story in Mark chapter 14, verses 4 through 9. So put that finger in Mark, and we'll start off in John. John chapter 12, hear these words. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard and anointed Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. And now turning to Mark 14. But some were there who said to one another in anger, why was the ointment wasted in this way? For the ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a beautiful service for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you, and you can show them kindness whenever you wish, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my burial beforehand, my body beforehand for its burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. For the past few weeks, I have loved the journey that we have been on as a family of faith, looking at what it means to be human. My favorite truth of the past few weeks has been the one from the very first sermon of the series where Sean reminded us that when God made us, God thought it was a great idea. I could hear that as many times as someone wants to offer that to me. And not only is it a brilliant idea from Sean, but it's also scripturally true. The Bible tells us over and over again that God is love and that God loves us so much. From the very beginning, God has been fully invested in our human story. So let me just confirm before we go any further that you are dearly loved by the God who created you. In fact, 
God is fascinated with who you are by your story that is constantly unfolding. And God is present to walk alongside you for this journey. Researchers tell us that it is a fact that we tend to love stories that resonate with our own. And that is true also about biblical stories. If you pause and think about your favorite story from the Bible right now, it wouldn't be unusual that it might remind you of a moment in your life or your favorite scripture verse became your favorite because it was meaningful to you at a time when you truly needed it. It's not unusual for the narratives that we find in the Bible to speak into our own human story. But I think sometimes we forget that our own human stories are also a part of God's great story. One of my favorite women in the Bible is Mary of Bethany. Her story unveils in the New Testament in ways that resonate with my own life. Most of all, I love that we always find Mary sitting or kneeling in front of Jesus. Mary's story is revealed to us through three different encounters with Jesus. The first, she is sitting at his feet, spending time with him and learning from him. The second one, she is sharing her most difficult thoughts and questions during one of the darkest moments of her life. And finally, because of those moments that she has spent with him, her eyes are truly opened and she grows to see him with a deep compassion that understands his suffering and we find her worshiping him with incredible vulnerability and sacrifice. In reality, all of our stories are similar to Mary's. A circle of life with days of searching and learning, experiencing both joy and sorrow, and hopefully having our life experience lead us toward compassion for others. As followers of Jesus, we hope to learn and grow, to make meaning out of our life story, and to let the inner journey of leaning into God be formed into an outward expression of compassion for others. Here at JCBC, we have a ministry that helps us engage in that work in two different ways. Our mobilization ministry is designed to come alongside each person as they discern what inspires those feelings of meaning and purpose in their life. Then we help find ways to engage that purpose in an outward expression of following God's call towards service in our church, in our community, and in the world. That discovery of purpose and calling can happen differently for each of us. For some followers of Jesus, they are praying and seeking God's direction in their lives. By spending time with God through prayer and study, they discern God nudging them toward a people or a place that could use their unique giftedness. 
Some people may be surprised by God's call through an experience where they participate in a ministry or event that really engages their heart in a way that transforms their life, and they discover a new purpose through that experience. Then, there are others who have a life experience that becomes a difficult part of their story. An illness, grief, sorrow, a trauma that causes suffering. As they emerge from that place of suffering, they discover a deep compassion for others going through similar pain, and all that they have learned becomes a platform of caring and service for others. Today, I want to introduce you to three women who inspire me. Their life stories help me to see and experience God with greater understanding. And I see God working in their lives and empowering them to help make a difference in the lives of others. I've been granted their permission to share their stories with you today, except for the first one, who is Mary of Bethany, who we read about in our scripture today. If we take a deeper look into the life of Mary and the experiences she has with Jesus, we can see how they lead to a place of knowing Jesus in a way that transforms her and then becomes a part of God's story in the world. In Luke chapter 10, we encounter Mary at the home she shares with her siblings, Martha and Lazarus, in a town called Bethany, which is just about two miles to the west of Jerusalem. Jesus often goes through Bethany and visits with these friends. The Bible even tells us that Jesus loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and we can tell because their home is the home that we see him in the most in all of our New Testament stories. The Bible tells us that Mary sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. When Martha was disturbed by the fact that Mary was sitting with Jesus and not helping her, which actually would have been the more culturally expected role for Mary in that time, Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is best and it will not be taken away from her. Mary longs to listen and learn from Jesus and I love that about her. In fact, she is so totally engrossed by all of the things that she's learning from him that she just can't be anywhere else. And Jesus, I believe, sees something beautiful emerging in Mary, and he knows and proclaims that she is exactly where she should be. Which makes me think of my dear friend, Francis Ford. Francis is the executive director of Sowing Seeds of Hope in Perry County, Alabama. Perry is one of the 10 poorest counties in the United States and a part of the Together for Hope initiative where the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is actively engaged in the 301 counties in the U.S. that have systemic long-term poverty. 
Sowing Seeds of Hope is a faith-based rural development coalition that is motivated by God's love for all people and Christ's command to care for the most vulnerable. Frances is a registered nurse who loves Jesus. And she prayed for many years that she would be able to do medical missions, medical mission trips in other countries. In fact, she longed to go to Africa so deeply that her husband told her, just go, just go. And that he would take care of their children for as long as she needed or for as often as she felt God calling her to go. But the opportunity to go to another country or Africa just never worked out for Francis. And then about 20 years ago, friends from Alabama CBF and the leaders of Perry County asked Francis if she would be willing to become the director of Sowing Seeds of Hope. She attended a meeting one night in Birmingham, dreaming with others about how sowing seeds of hope could meet the medical, hunger, housing, and spiritual needs of the residents of Perry County. She told me that she was driving home that night from Birmingham in the pouring rain, and she felt deeply connected to the Spirit of God, and she asked him, Lord, is this what you really want me to do? Is this where you are calling me? And she heard the Lord say to her in her spirit, Francis, even though you have lived in Perry County your whole life, there are places you have never gone and people you have never seen who are deeply in need. I have children who are hungry and children without adequate housing. This is where I am calling you to be a missionary. So Francis said, okay, Lord, show me your children. And she remembers the day not long after that when the Feed the Children organization came to town to do some research and together they visited the home of a young mother with small children. During the conversation they had with her, they asked for permission to look into her cabinet and to look into her refrigerator. She had one box of stuffing in the cabinet and one bottle of Coke in her refrigerator. While they were talking, there was a little girl about five years old who repeatedly asked her mom for a glass of milk. And her mother gently would say, let's talk to these nice people and then when they leave, I will feed you. But they all knew that the box of stuffing was all that she had. So Frances and the Feed the Children team took her to the grocery store and bought her food and milk to last for a couple of weeks. But they also signed her up for assistance that she qualified for that would provide her with food for the foreseeable future. As they were getting ready to leave, the mother told Francis that she had prayed that morning that God would provide a meal for them that day. And then God sent Francis knocking on her door. Francis told me another story of driving through a devastated area of the county after Hurricane Ivan came through. And they came upon a small wooden house with the doors open so that you could see all the way through the front door into the backyard. 
Francis and our friend Mary took some bottled water and some food up to the house and met a woman who was coming up from the backyard with a roll of tissue in her hand, and they realized she'd been to an outhouse out back. And when she invited them inside, they saw that she was cooking over a wood stove and they realized she lived with no electricity and no indoor plumbing. Francis said to me, Terry, when I left that house, I heard God say to me again, I have children right here in Perry County who have no food to eat and without adequate housing, you are my hands and feet in this community. So last year, she went to share the story of sowing seeds of hope at Sela V, which is a retreat at the end of the summer for all of the college students and young adults who have served with Student.go during the year, both in the United States and with our field personnel around the world. She told the story of how she longed to be a missionary and go to Africa and how God led her to the people right in her own community. Afterward, four tall, young black men came up to her. They were from Africa and had served that summer with our field personnel in Uganda. And they said to her, Francis, we will go back to our church in Africa and tell them the story of the people you are serving in Alabama and how God called you to feed the hungry and heal the sick and provide homes for the homeless in your own community. And she said they all wept with the goodness of how God shows up in our hearts and calls us to be willing to sit and listen to what he has to say to us. My friends, do you see it? For years, Francis was leaning in, listening to Jesus, longing to share his story. Thankfully, she was present enough to hear him when he said to her, you are exactly where you should be. Because of Francis Ford, there is hope in Perry County where she is a part of God's great story. Now our story of Mary continues. One of the things I love most about Mary's story is that it is not all bright and shiny. Last week, Sean talked with us about how sometimes we fail and that failure derails our faith journey. And that is true. But sometimes our faith is derailed when our life encounters a crisis or a trauma that just undoes us. In John 11, we see Mary confronting Jesus with some really hard words after her brother Lazarus has died. They are friends of Jesus who believed in him and trusted him, and she is so disappointed that he hasn't shown up in the way that she expected him to. And I am so grateful that she doesn't hold back. When he finally arrives, she falls on the ground at his feet crying and says to him, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Her response lets us all know that when we get to the place where we have become completely undone or disappointed with the way God hasn't shown up the way we thought he would, we are safe to be there. Not once does Jesus tell her that she is out of line. 
He listens to her. And the Bible tells us that he is deeply moved by her grief. So Jesus walks with her to her brother's tomb and weeps with her there. I imagine him by her side, holding her hand and just crying with her. Then, with tears still rolling down his face, he invites the community to come and roll away the stone. And he calls out to Lazarus by name and says, Lazarus, come forth. And then he invites the people to unbind him and set him free. You see, Jesus cares for those who are suffering. And sadly, my friends, we have all suffered. We know that everyone has experienced the normal suffering that comes from simply living a human life. But there are one in three of us who has experienced a traumatic event that has caused us suffering. Suffering comes to our human lives in so many ways, through heartbreak of our own making, or through trauma that happens to us, or through the experience of illness, or death, or loss. When we have suffered, it often opens our eyes to the suffering of others, to those who are struggling or going through similar experiences. I have been inspired by my own daughter, Evan, who has suffered with eating disorders for many years. Although science tells us that there is a genetic predisposition toward eating disorders, it can sometimes be triggered by a traumatic event. The trauma that happened to my Evan is her own story to tell, but she has given me permission for me to share what we experienced. This picture of Evelyn was taken the month that she entered hospitalization for anorexia at an eating disorder clinic. She is a beautiful woman and oh so incredibly smart. She had just graduated from the University of Alabama in Birmingham with a degree in psychology where she had summoned all of her strength in those last couple of months just to finish while in the deepest throes of her disorder. On the morning we took her to the clinic, I wrote her a note to encourage her, to tell her that she was stronger than she knew, and that I believed with all of my heart that her life had a story to tell, full of meaning and purpose, and most of all, that she was not alone that we loved her so deeply and God loved her so deeply and none of us would let her go. During those years, we watched her struggle with her faith, with her own sense of worthiness, and with the fight to see herself as whole. It's been four years since that day, four years of recovery. And although she still struggles a little bit with the demons of her disorder, she now works at the same eating disorder clinic where she was once patient. She encourages and helps treat other people who are walking the same road of pain that she has walked. We couldn't be more proud of her 
and the way she is making a difference in the life of others on her own journey toward healing. She recently sent me a picture of a few of the bracelets that the patients had made and given to her as gifts of gratitude for the way she has seen them and offered them encouragement toward their healing. And when she sent the picture of the bracelets, I was reminded that she had a few of those words of encouragement I once wrote to her tattooed on her arm. You see, God is still inviting us as a community to come alongside others who hurt and help unbind them and set them free. Evan reminds me of those beautiful verses that we find in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Father who shows us loving kindness and our God who gives us comfort. He gives us comfort in all of our troubles. Then we can comfort other people who have the same troubles. We give the same kind of comfort that God gives us because we are a part of God's great story in the world. Which leads us to the final story of Mary with Jesus. After the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus knows that he is making his way toward Jerusalem for the final time. And somehow, once we have walked that road of grief toward a tomb, we understand when we see that in someone else. And Mary recognizes, although she probably doesn't understand all of it, that there are those who want to see Jesus dead, in part because he raised her brother Lazarus from the tomb. Maybe she senses the pain and disappointment in him because they walked that road together and shared those tears. So on that night, when they all have dinner together and she's not sure if she will see him again, she brings all that she has to offer. Her finest possession, a jar of costly perfume normally saved for a burial. And in front of everyone there, she pours it out over his feet and dries his feet with her hair. She honors him with her tears, her presence, her gratitude, and her worship. Mary's love for Jesus demands her response, and she doesn't care what other people think. Their mutual love and respect and his impending call to Jerusalem could not go without extravagant gestures. Jesus knows that he will walk out of that room and head toward the heartbreak of a world who doesn't see him, understands what God's love could possibly do to transform them. Can you imagine what it must have meant to him to have Mary truly see him and to offer her grief in complete abandon and vulnerability? He says it out loud, before I'm gone, before my burial, she is anointing me for a calling that I can only begin to comprehend. In response, 
He says that from that day forward, whenever the good news of God's unbelievable love is told, what she did with her life and for him would also be told in memory of her. There is not another place in scripture where Jesus lifts up a human story like he does in this moment. With the finest fragrance and all of her love, she offers her life and her worship in abandon to his call. If you would, I would like to invite you to sit and reflect on God's call upon your life and hear this song of worship to the Christ who knows our story and invites you to be a part of his. Others mock at love's expense 
And say extravagance is wrong His sacrifice is so immense I could not offer less than all absolutely love the story of Mary, but that is not the most remarkable thing that I want you to hear today. Frances Ford is amazing, and her life of service is not the most important story you should know. And of course, Evan is the beloved of my heart. But the most compelling story for us today is that right now, your human life is a part of God's great story. Can you see it? Perhaps it is time for you to intentionally imagine, to deliberately discern, to creatively engage where God is calling you to find the greatest meaning and purpose for your life. Your human story is a part of God's great story. And we want to walk alongside you as you lean deeper into that. Perhaps you're sitting here today and you are feeling God inviting you to lean into a deeper relationship with him, but you aren't really sure where to go from this moment. It could start with a simple prayer. God, I want my life story to have meaning and purpose. So I'd like to invite you to guide me into what that could look like. I want to follow you so that my life story intertwines with your greatest hope for me. I want to be a part of your great love story for each of us. If you prayed a prayer like that today, or if you have questions you'd like to ask, or if you would simply like to join this family of faith. We have pastors who are coming to the front of the sanctuary and to the Family Life Center who would love to talk with you or pray with you after the service. I would also like to offer you my own personal invitation as the mobilization pastor to join me on a journey through Lent. We, I think, are poised at an incredible place to find out where God is guiding each of us 
the God who is already at work in your life story and who longs for you to intentionally imagine where he continues to lead us. So I invite you to join us. Would you stand with me as we offer our benediction for today? May the God who loves you and knows your story walk beside you through every joy and sorrow. May his presence beside you bring you comfort for the living of your days and of your nights. May you be the embodiment of his great love story for his children in all that you do and say. Now go in peace to transform the world with love. Amen.